This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online platform that helps you find a therapist that will match your needs. BetterHelp offers live video chats, um, open discussion conversations with real therapists in real time if that's what you need. I personally love it and have used it now for almost two years. I would really recommend if you need someone to talk to that is not in your family or your friend circle <laughs> that you reach out to betterhelp.com and you will receive 10% off if you use my code BGP. So again, that's betterhelp.com BGP to find the right online counselor for you. Hi, welcome to Big Girl Pants Podcast, where we talk about health, wellness, careers, parenting, relationships, and everything in between. I am your host, April Melton. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Big Girl Pants Podcast. Today, we have Miriam Whitfield. And what is your title? Like, what are you? So I have a master's. Who are you? What are you? (laughs) I have a master's in... Uh, human nutrition and functional medicine and human my, nutrition and, versus like animal yeah. nutrition, insect <laughs> nutrition, strictly human nutrition, <laughs> strictly. <laughs> um, I have a bachelor's um, in nutrition as well as prior to that, I was a pre-med student. So my major Ooh. years and years ago was biology. Okay. Um, but my goals of becoming a doctor, I kind of sabotaged those when I was really young, unknowingly, and I never ended up going to medical school. Oh, I'd gone through a pretty serious divorce. Okay, and had to go to work. So damn those jobs, I, I know. getting in the way, <laughs> right? <laughs> and bills. <laughs> so yeah, when well, and at the time it was I was a full time student and, yeah. and a mother. So my son was really little when I well, I was in my third year of undergrad as a pre med student. Yeah, and um. My son was born and I, I would take him with me every day to the lab. I worked in the dermatology department in the lab and take him to day, every day to school with me. But um, his father left me when he was about 15 months old. Yeah. And him being the primary caregiver left right. me pretty much on the street. He just so. left you? Left, like, just... Well, so there's a backstory to that too. I was about to say, did he go out for a pack of cigarettes <laughs> and he just didn't come back or yeah. what? Hey, I'm going to go buy so, some milk. <laughs> so that was what I used to study was biology. And then, okay. As the years went on, joined the military and had a lot of injuries and things that I just could not figure out why they would not heal, why I couldn't get better. And I kind of have a, a defiant spirit when the doctor says, well, if you just if you don't stop running, you're going to end up in a wheelchair at 50. I'm like, no, I'm not, but I'm going to figure out why. Yeah. What's truly going on in my body. Right. And that set me in motion to go into nutrition. Um Interesting. And, and yeah, so that's how my yeah. journey. And now I'm currently in my second year of the doctoral program of clinical nutrition. And, you know, some a lot of people ask, well, why didn't you go the research route? Why did you go the clinical route? And I have a true passion for working with people. Yeah. If I spend four years working in the lab with rats and mice, I feel like I'm la- I'm not going to get the clinical experience right. of that face-to-face with the person. And that's really where my research needs to be is, is working with people, people. and yes. getting that clinical experience because we now understand how personalized medicine it should be it, and I don't think medicine that and nutrition and diet and how it's holistic. Very, it's all involved. And it's personalized. Right. Right. It's not one diet fits all. Right. Or this diet is better than this diet. It's yeah. what's going to work for you and figuring that out. So that's kind of in a big um, nutshell, circle, yeah. nutshell <laughs> how I got into nutrition. But okay. it's my own, in, my own infertility, my own injuries and the pain. And uh, I, I lost my thyroid. Um 
or my thyroid, I guess what they told me, burnt out. So why? How can I, can I fix this? Can I right. make it better? So all of those questions have propelled me down in this journey. And um, it's I'm been so, hard, but it's it's worth every, I love sitting right. there and just learning every right. day about something new or a new, a new case study comes out and this person had really severe autoantibodies to thyroid, let's say uh, thyroid, um, their thyroid is eating, their thyroid is basically very, um, they have Hashimoto's, yeah. so hypothyroid. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's been fascinating to learn all this stuff along the way and help people. Sure. So. I'm so pumped to have yeah, you here. You have you. no idea. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's great to be I here. I know because you follow me. We follow each other on social media, and like I know you see all of the food that I post, and you're like, Jesus Christ, girl, what are you eating over there? <laughs> no, like, I never. All you eat is meat. I What's never think that on? though. You know, <laughs> and that's one of the things that I think sets me apart from so many is just because somebody's following a diet, there's absolutely no judgment out of me. Out of me, there's a reason why you decided to pick this one and sure. try to see if it works for you. Um, but I, I also do know that there's a lot of influences with social media. And when so you have like a hundred people saying, Hey, this diet worked for me, you're going to get a ton of other people that are going to do the same thing. Of course. But what they don't typically tell you is how many people sustain this diet for how long for life, right? For life. Right. Right. These are habits. Yes. So if you just follow a strict diet, right. But you haven't created the habits to help you after you come off this diet. You haven't really gotten anything from those 16 weeks except more pain and frustration. Yeah. So my my thing is how my do whole I life. Yeah. <laughs> so how do I teach you to sustain that yes. these are the things that are gonna fuel your body? And right. as long as every single time you pick a food that it is as nutrient dense as possible. Yeah. If you're always thinking, is this fueling my brain? Is this fueling my heart? Is this fueling my movement? You know, allowing my body to produce the energy, giving you enough energy when you do have a virus that your immune system now goes into overdrive. Are yeah. you able to supply the nutrients that are needed for that process to work? Then you're winning. And that's what I like to teach now is how do I help you change habits to, to sustain because I don't want you working with me for the rest of your life or dependent on me. Right. I want you to be able to do this once we no longer have a client um, relationship. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> You're going to be so good. I'm so excited. I hope 40,000 people listen to this oh podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, I hope not. <laughs> Really though, she was a little bit nervous before, and I was yeah. like, "Don't worry, well, you're gonna be a natural," and it, which is already yeah. so obvious. Like, oh, I'm so pumped. There's so many questions I have. Okay, so yeah. clinical nutrition. So you were in the military for a little while, like you said, a little. You struggled a little bit with what infertility with your second baby. Um. So actually, no, I I never could after my son was born. Yeah. Like I would, that was pre my fitness years. Oh. So I got into How fitness. How old were you when he was born? You were 21, 20. Let's see. He was born so in 98. Yeah, yeah. 20. I was 20. No, 21 when he was born. Got it. Um, so after, so, okay, I can take this back a little bit further. So, cause this is going to end up tying into maybe where some of my new eating disorders came from. Oh my God. I had eating disorders um, too. Yes. Ugh. Severe. The worst. <laughs> Being in the body, so I was in the bodybuilding world as a first started off as a bodybuilding competitor and then mm -hmm. moved into the figure category because I was just not one of those athletes that wanted to be on any peds. Yeah, um, which is performance enhancing, enhancing drugs, drugs, which is um, like steroids, what, what anabolic most people call hormones. steroids. Yeah. Yes. 
And so I just realized that that was not ever anything that I wanted to participate Same. in. Same. And I yet I had a very I had a natural ability to be really strong. Yeah, like same. I could get under and and my rep just repping was 155 on bench press. Like that's how that's strong impressive. I was. So I don't even think I ever hit 135. <laughs> yes, I was I was a beast when it came to the gym, and it was all natural strength. Right. And I can remember when I first I had my coach at the time Keith Williams when he first took me under his wing to train me for my sh- first show. I ended up, we, I started gaining weight um, when he started training me and I gained like 20 pounds in six months, mm-hmm. but I had gotten so strong in that short amount of time. I just realized that I had a natural athletic ability yeah. that I could really, I was really strong. Sure. Um, and people in the gym started to, you know, they saw that and they started encouraging me, you should compete, you should compete. So anyway, I just once you get on stage, okay, the first one I won my show, but I was the only one in my class, right? So now you go to the next one and then you you get you you end up getting last place because I'm right. nowhere near as and big. You're like, damn, this is a mind <laughs> fuck if there was ever yeah. one. <laughs> Great so, yeah. now. <laughs> so then okay, what's the next thing? So then the figure category was something I felt like I had the amount of muscle. Yep. Um but then my Which in these for people who are listening who don't know bodybuilding, these are different categories. So mm-hmm. now they have Bikini wellness figure and and bodybuilding, right? For women? Uh, women's physique. Women's physique. And then bodybuilding. And then bodybuilding. Yes. So that's, what is that, five? Five categories. Five categories. <laughs> Which, and so again, for those who are listening, um, bikini is like a little bit of a leaner build. Swimwear. Um, yeah, like you look really good in a, in a bathing suit. Mm-hmm. You have nice shoulders. You have nice legs. You have nice glutes. glutes um, but I don't think you want like shredded or visible abs. Right. Like you want to be lean enough. Yes. To where you can't see any fat on your body, but, um, then you move into, um, wellness or figure where wellness is a little more developed lower half, Mm -hmm. but still about the same as bikini on top. And then figure is more rounded shoulders, V taper, quad separation, hamstring tie in where you see more muscular women. Yes. And then they move to physique, which is again, more and then bodybuilding, which is like the ultimate. Yes. So I ended up getting into that um, athletic world. And I think I competed like six or seven years in a row. During that time, I'd also gone to Iraq. So I was in the Iraqi war in 2005 when it was pretty much in the heat of the war in the middle of the war. Um, but I still competed over there. Like that was one of the things they did for all the soldiers for morale was host a bodybuilding competition. And that's cool. Of course, there was nobody there that could match, right. you know, match me. And so that the second one that they had, they asked me to guest pose and I ended up being a guest poser instead. Um, so, and I ended up, I had my second to, um, deployment was to Kuwait during the drawdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I decided to get out and then go into work as a contractor. So I ended up going back to Kuwait for four years, lived in the Middle East working and then came home. And that's when I really started to pursue the pathway of nutrition. Yeah. And it is because I started working with Paige Hathaway in 2014. Yeah. So prior to all of these years competing before, whoever was working with me really lacked the knowledge on how to feed my body. Yeah. So there was years I had, I was called REDS, it's Relative Energy Deficiency in Sports. Okay. So... You're exercising so much and you're not eating near enough 
for your body to, you know, have for the energy. Sure. And I'm doing it off of pure adrenaline. Like I just ca- was caffeinated. So your hormones were just all over the place. Yes. Thyroid yeah. was super low. Your my, cortisol's high. My very high. high. My, I had no sex drive. Absolutely no libido. Yeah. Um, Did you have your period? No. So I didn't have a period for over three years. Wow. So I had secondary amen- amenorrhea. See, which and is, like in the bodybuilding community, mm-hmm. like... It's almost like a badge of honor for a woman to lose her period. Like, I got so lean, I lost yes. my period. Like, that's not normal. No. And, <laughs> and this is not good for us. Right. Especially but, in our fertile years. Yeah. Like, what? But especially because we we can't stand it, right? And even in the military, we actually were recommended to take the depo shot so that we didn't have it because we are out in these environments where right. you really don't, there's no you, showers you can't maybe. change a tampon right. in the field. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So even, so during that time, that was the time where I didn't have it at all. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Great. great. I didn't have to. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it worked great for me. Um, but little did I know that the nutrient deficiencies that I had during that time was it was causing my body to pull calcium from my bones. Right. So I ended up at the, you know, very young age, I think 37, 36 or 37, being told that my bones looked like that of a 70 year old. So that's how much calcium had been pulled out of my bones from just all these, all this exercising, you know, I would probably be in the gym like two, three hours a day. Yeah. And, and then I had to do so much cardio on top of that, because like I said, the person I was working with didn't truly understand how nutrition affected my body. Yeah. So I was really depleted, no fats for days and days. I lived on, you know, when I was protein, carbs, protein, and actually very carbs was one day a week. It was protein and vegetables for six days a week to try to get my body fat down so low. And extra lean protein, and, like chicken and yeah, fish. And no fat. Maybe turkey. Like I was, my, my fats were non-existent. So no wonder your hormones were all over the right. place. And for those who are listening to, I wanted, I was thinking about this on the way over here. So when we say things like protein, carbs, fats, um, <laughs> it just makes me think of Mean Girls. So like, is butter a carb? <laughs> so butter is not a carb. Butter is a fat. But there's a lot of people who are listening. And of course, you coming as a nutritionist, mm-hmm. like a lot of people don't even know what that what's means. a protein, what's a carb, right. what's a fat. Like, And so for some examples, like a protein is going to be, and I think that not everybody struggles with the protein side of it, but maybe carbs and fats, like what mm-hmm. that could be decided as. Like is an avocado a fat or a carb because it's a fat, mm-hmm. but it also has carbs in right. it. Like, right. But yeah, so for some examples of protein like steak, fish, mm-hmm. turkey, chicken, eggs, those are all going to go into the protein uh, category as far as fats mm-hmm. like your that's your oils um nuts p- nuts seeds because it's really high in fat exactly. so it might have some carbs and it has some protein but the it's highest content categorized is right as a, as a fat and then yeah. your carbs are going to be you know your potatoes your starches your pastas your rice mm-hmm. um even your vegetables even and your vegetables fruits are carbs just of just you know, simple carbs like sugar high, right yeah but they also right. have fiber so it's different yes. than like you know, a pop tart. Oh yes, <laughs> like yeah. Fruit is going to be complete. Your body's going to react completely separate to fruit versus like a pop tart or mm-hmm. a candy or whatever. Right, and that's where I talk about nutrition density versus calorie density. Right, and a lot of people can get tied up. But what should my macros be? But if you're selecting foods that are very high in nutrient density, you're automatically having lower car or calories in yeah. that meal. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you think of things like um, B12, the only place B12 is found in is meat. Right. But good quality, it's always better to, if you can, to choose the good quality meat because along with B12, you're also, you might have 
um, animal meats that are high in omega-3, like uh, let's say bison or grass-fed cows, mm -hmm. right? So they're getting that omega source and yeah. they have a little bit higher in omega-3. So that's where I'm talking about like high nutrient density. Yeah. Thing, a lot of your vegetables, your fruits are very high in nutrient density. They're also high in fiber. So you're feeding the bacteria in your gut, you know, those short chain fatty acids that they need. Yeah. So yes, nutrient density over calorie density. Yeah. And if, you know, I know that can be a confusing term. So calorie density just means that there's a lot of calories in this meal. Right. So let's say macaroni and cheese. Yeah. It's a lot of calories in that meal, but there's not that much when it comes to B vitamins, uh, vitamin C. I mean, vitamins, You're, nutrients, minerals. Right. So right. vitamins, and that's where I talk about that. That means nutrient density. Yeah. What can be the most nutrient-dense meal of that night or wherever you go out to a restaurant or whatever meal you're trying to cook for the family? Yeah. How do I give them the most nutrients? Because we know nutrients feed all of these processes in our body. Yeah. And our mental health is, I think, the most underrated the most and most important. <laughs> so we well, need and it's to funny because we can use me as an example. So like, And we'll get back to your story. I don't want to derail mm -hmm. from that. But um like last night, you know, we're at Great Wolf Lodge and we're having fun for my niece's birthday or whatever. So we're, uh, we ordered pizza. Oh, I feel terrible today. Like I woke up, my face is so puffy. Yeah. It's like super bloated. I'm probably like five pounds heavier, mm -hmm. like all these things. And I'm like, man, the, the worst part about the whole thing. And like this morning I just fasted and I'm going to talk about that mm -hmm. too, but I just fasted. I had black coffee this morning. Mm -hmm. I'm having a protein shake right now just to, so that I'm not like starving through this mm -hmm. because that's the other bad side effect is when you eat bad foods, your body mm -hmm. goes into like, well, I'm still looking and searching for those minerals and those nutrients. nutrients. That's right. So like, even though you had 2000 calories worth yeah. of pizza last night, I'm still trying to get some like yeah. dietary, some good dietary stuff for right. me. So I'm still going to pretend like I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not looking for that surplus of calories, I'm looking for those nutrients. But mm -hmm. typically those nutrients are attached to those the cal good foods, yes. the nutrient-dense right. foods. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I feel like shit today. <laughs> <laughs> and I have crazy brain fog. So I stopped at like Vitamin Chop. I got an alpha brain packet. Mm -hmm. I got water. I got my protein shake. And like I'll probably fast until dinner mm -hmm. because we're, it's like, you know, I feel like she's, she's five years old, my niece, but. I feel like it's like a sorority girls, like birthday party weekend. Yes. Like we're doing the whole thing. I'm like, oh my gosh. But we're supposed to have dinner tonight. So I'll probably just fast all day. But um, I do want to go back to your story. So when you were in the military and you were training and you realized that all this calcium is being leached from your bones. Yes. Um, what did you do and how did you figure that out? I actually stopped running. I used I was trying to train for a marathon at okay. the time and I was running really long runs and my hips just kept hurting. Yeah. They just hurt, but I would just push through pain, you know, because that's what we're taught. You're taught tough. to believe. We're gonna be tough. Yes. Ignore those signs from <laughs> and, your body. Why would you trust your body? And uh yeah, and I really believed sense. it, of course. Obviously now I look back and I say that my body was telling me something for a reason Literally. that I didn't know. Right. And the orthopedic doctor that the military had me see, he didn't tell me any of that either. He just, but you need to stop running. So he saw how um, the bones in my feet looked like that of a 70 year old woman. So 
once I got out of the military and I actually started working with Paige when I was contracting in Kuwait mm -hmm. and I realized like she was so knowledgeable with nutrition and she really understood my body and my body was just transforming in ways I had never seen it in all like the last decade that I'd worked so hard yeah. to build my build muscle. I, I was way under my genetic potential. I had a lot more yeah. and working with her just made me become more and more passionate to study Learn nutrition more. now yeah. and how can I help more women because I suffered for a really long time. Yeah. And you know, to this day I still have chronic pain from from that, but it would probably be a ton worse if I had it if I didn't have the knowledge that I have and how to feed my body and make sure I'm getting enough calcium but all the other vitamins and minerals that help you know, everything yeah every process yes yeah anxiety depression a lot of these uh, mental health disorders that are becoming more prevalent today um, I had very extreme cases of anxiety when I came back uh, from my combat tour and just understanding how to feed the brain yeah it, itself has been really helpful huge yeah and that's like the one thing okay so you start training with Paige and then you're like, okay, I need to get into this and, and I want to learn more. Cause again, like I said, like you're a forever student. Right, I can I tell am. like we're, we're like <laughs> yes. on the same page with that. Yes. And I'm the same way. Like I continually want to learn. Like when the, when the, when the doctor, the orthopedic doctor told you you need to stop running, like mm -hmm. I would have been like, why? But mm -hmm. why? Like explain to me why? Like I understand that there's damage and you can see that here, but like, why is that happening? Yes. Because there's people that run until they're. 90 yes i want to be like those people right right like i want my body to be functioning forever mm -hmm. i don't ever want to be in a wheelchair or and not you know if there's an accident or something that's different but like not by my own demise mm -hmm. right like i want to take right. care of my body forever and i want right. to and for me the biggest driver too and you having children like i want to be the best example that i can be for them that's right and show them Hey, you know, it's okay to have pizza sometimes, but also we need to make sure that the majority of our diet comes from really good food. Mm -hmm. And if you don't feel good, like my daughter, she's so good about it. Well, she's being so silly right now. She has like, she was put on her swimsuit this morning. She was like, mom, my stomach is really like hard. Like it's really tough. Like I think I have some abs. I was like, oh my gosh, do you have abs? But she's like, when she eats sweet stuff, she'll just say, I'm sugared. I'm too sugared. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want any more of that cookie like she'll have a bite or she'll try it and I'm like god I wish I was blessed with that like because mm. <laughs> she'll just be like no I'm good I don't want any more meanwhile I'm over here like shoving every cookie in my face like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so um I want to show her like be the best example for her and eat things that are good for me and that feel good to eat but like I did I tried um which is another reason why I wanted you to come on the podcast because I tried the carnivore diet for like three years. And it's like you said, there's so many influencers online. There's so many influencers on Instagram and Facebook mm -hmm. and whatever. And there's groups of people that are talking about all that stuff. But my thing is, and the reason why I wanted to pick your brain, and this is for, you know, everybody who's listening too, because I feel like there's so many other things, not necessarily that I was missing out on, but like signs that my body was giving me where I wasn't running optimally. So like yes. I was eating, I, st I started in, um, September of 2018 and I started with just eating meat and dairy. Like I would have meat and some cheese and I wouldn't really have yogurt, but I would have meat eggs. Mm -hmm. So like beef, bacon, cheese, and I think 
eggs and something else. And then that was okay, but I didn't really lose any weight and I didn't see any of the progress that everybody had boasted about, you know? So I was like, okay. So then January rolls around in 2019 and it's like, um, world carnivore month. So all you eat is beef, salt, water. So I tried Mm -hmm. that for 30 days, which was awesome. Here's what sucked sleep. I couldn't sleep for shit. Like every night clockwork, midnight to four, I was up and it was because, and I had talked to a lot of people about it, but some people tried to tell me you need to stop doing so much cardio. Some people told me you need to supplement with glycine or magnesium at night or whatever. And I tried those things and I was still waking up and I just got to the point where I had just lived with it or I would just take melatonin to go back to sleep or whatever, which I've never struggled with sleep. My whole life, my mom was like, yeah, you could fall asleep. Like one time with my dad, I fell asleep at NASCAR. Like I was so tired. I was just like, yeah, whatever. It's so loud. It didn't matter. I could Mm -hmm. fall asleep. But when I I noticed that when, because I don't drink alcohol anymore, I don't really use any substances or anything that would impair my, you know, um, my thinking or thought process. So I was like, okay, there's got to be something wrong, right? Mm -hmm. To where like I can't sleep. And it was, I basically like, you know, cortisol and adrenaline. I'm just still it's high. Yeah. Yes. And I'm just like running on, you know, pure E85 and just never stops. Like, (laughs) so, um, I did that for, I did it on and off. You know, there was times where I, where my energy levels would just drop so low because I was training and I was still doing cardio and lifting weights, you know, five, six days a week that, um, I would just crash, right? Mm -hmm. And I would just completely go off the rails and cheat and just eat all the bad food that I hadn't let myself have. And again, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I had an eating disorder from the time I was like 14. I just wanted to be skinny like all my friends, Mm -hmm. which is so weird because I played football. Like I was lifting weights and working out with men and like Mm -hmm. I really should have been focused on like nourishing my body and trying Mm -hmm. to fuel this system that I had, Mm -hmm. um, fuel this machine. (laughs) But I was so concerned because I just wanted to be like skinny like the cheerleaders. You know, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. (laughs) Don't we all? Like shit. I just want to be way thin like forever. But now yeah. it's funny because like thick bodies are in. So I'm yes. like, okay, cool. I'm in yes. style now. We're- yes. <laughs> now I'm like 90s. Do not come back because I do not have yeah. time for you. And all those years we got teased. Well, I got teased so bad. Oh, for about, the booty. For, for- yeah, my thighs. <laughs> <and> my thighs. <laughs> but, oh, God. The chafing's terrible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the holes in your pants because your fucking thighs rub yeah. together. But then you realize that it's actually been to your advantage when you are in the weightlifting world. Oh my gosh. The way the way so that strong. you can build your lower body yes. compared to someone who has to work so much so harder hard. to build like it's to our advantage. Yeah. And we're good at those power sports. I know. And so. like I played soccer my whole mm-hmm. life and then I played football and then once I got that introduction to lifting weights, mm-hmm. which was so it was so sad that I resorted to an eating disorder cuz god, you know, it's like you said you didn't even I didn't even tap into my true potential. I could have just mm-hmm. been unstoppable but there was also no nutrition training I didn't know shit you know what I mean and I came from a very um a southern household where my Mm -hmm. mom you know gravy on everything calorie 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 and she's like fuel your body because you need to eat your playing sports like and it was my days were so busy there would be days where she would pick me up from 
football practice after school, I would eat like a full meal of like mm-hmm. pork chops, mashed potatoes, corn, bread, whatever. And then I would go and do marching band practice after that for like two more hours. I never really gained weight, but like, let's just say that I wasn't losing any weight. Yeah. I was like maintaining and I was probably a little bit overweight, but I've always been someone who's been overweight on the BMI scale. Mm-hmm. I think my body fat percentage is probably like 30% right now. And I don't know that I've ever got it down to a good level, which is like, you know, I guess 20% for women in between 18 and 20%. I'm assuming that that's yeah. a good level. 18 to 21. Okay. Yeah. 20 up to 25, I think. Okay. I and I've never, I've never been there, but I've also never been truly consistent with my nutrition the way um which is so funny that you're here today i'm telling you the universe works in amazing ways <laughs> the universe god whatever you want to call it um because i i found this girl and her name is like rachel something i can't remember on instagram and her husband cooks for her mm-hmm. because she has pcos mm-hmm. yes so the account is called meals she eats and he just shows all these recipes that he makes for her based on the the cycle that she's in like uh, the phase that she's in in her cycle in the mm-hmm. month, right? Mm-hmm. So like you have your menstrual phase, that's when you're bleeding, you have your mm-hmm. follicular phase, your ovulation phase, and then your luteal phase. Yes. And based on the phases that you're in for your period, he makes her certain recipes with certain foods, different vegetables, um, fruits, proteins, and grains. And it's crazy. But I've only been doing it for a week. And I had pizza last night, so let's be serious. But <laughs> like outside of that, yeah. I felt really, really good. Mm-hmm. Ironically enough, this whole I started last Friday, and I'll send you the thing that I'm okay. following or whatever, yeah. which it was so intrigued. I was like, because it's so weird. My husband and I, I had talked about this probably a year ago because I started introducing carbs again, but then I just felt so bogged down, right? Like I was like, oh, I just feel so not bloated, but like, I just feel so heavy, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the difference between when you feel heavy, and yes. when you feel light, yes. you're like, Oh, I just yes. feel so light, like spring. Like I just yes. feel so good inside my insides felt good. So my outsides felt good. And mm-hmm. I felt really heavy. And I was like, you know, it's funny. I feel like I should do keto half of the month and then I should eat carbs half of the month because I feel like there's certain times where I feel like I need mm-hmm. the it's energy mm-hmm. or when I need higher fat because I, my body is just feeling different. So I found this and um, I, there was like five different books and I had the, the guy on who wrote the book about birth mm-hmm. control and what birth control can do to your body and yes. all of that. So I really started paying attention to that and Matt and I are trying to get pregnant. So I'm paying mm-hmm. attention to my hormones and my body and how I feel, you know, do I gain weight? Do I lose weight? Whatever. Do I put my body under this stress because I'm trying to get pregnant? All these things. Mm-hmm. And, and really just like trying to find something that's going to work for me long term, like for the duration of my life, like yeah. I want to, I want to eat sustainably to where right. it's, you know, like, yes. Cause and I especially feel like, if you're starting to think about pregnancy, like you need to have pre baseline yes. levels that are at optimum. Right. Yeah. And o- I haven't optimum had a, health. I haven't yes. had a kid in like eight years. So yes. like, how do I know where I'm at? You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And for any woman that's out there that's struggling with this, like fertility, mm-hmm. like, and not just fertility, but like knowing, cause they don't teach us any of this no. shit. 
They don't. And I think they've really failed our school system. They failed our kids in the school system. If we can teach our children at the young age, the problem is even the parents don't know this information. Right. Um, eating, the reason why family disease exists is because the same way of cultural eating exists from yeah. one generation Lifestyle. to the next. So that's uh, right. So a lot of people will blame it, can blame it on, well, it runs in my family. But if you can break that cycle of not of actually educating yourself on how to feed your body, yeah. then you can stop it at that generation Yeah, to say, this, exactly. this is what's going on. And what is it like 90% of disease that we have is li- like lifestyle disease, yes. especially like type yes. two diabetes. Yes. And people don't like to hear that. No, but yeah, I basically, but the truth. Exactly. And I like, after I had Chloe, I basically gave myself pre-diabetes just because I was eating so shittily. Like mm-hmm. I was just eating so terribly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was, and I had a conversation with um, Josh. I had Josh on not that long ago, Josh Thomas. He's a trainer too. And he used to be like really big into bodybuilding. Like he was probably a hundred pounds heavier than he is now. Mm-hmm. So now he's trying to find the same thing for men, right? Mm-hmm. Like how to really optimize your hormones as a man, mm-hmm. how to kind of taper off of some of those exogenous hormones or steroids or, you know, anabolics or whatever you want to call them. Um, but I had this conversation with him. He was like, do you emotionally eat? I was like, fuck yeah, I've been doing it forever. Like, I don't know what, how else am I supposed to cope with my emotions? (laughs) And that's a joke, but like, I don't use alcohol or anything else. And the, and the rate that we use food to soothe is like alarmingly high, but also Mm -hmm. we, we can't not eat. Right. And these drugs are on every corner. Like it's in every pharmacy or every gas station or every, a Krispy Kreme donut store, like, mm-hmm. that's a personal favorite yes. of mine. Yeah, <laughs> terrible personal favorite, but whatever. <laughs> Crumble cookies, like, you know, yes. it's everywhere. Yes. And then we're just like, oh, why do I feel like shit? Oh, probably because I've been eating like shit, mm-hmm. you know? So in when I work with clients, one of the first things that I think we need to always think about is how did we get here in the first place? We know it's emotional eating. But how did that ever start in your life? Because most most children have an innate, their body's ability to tell them, hey, you're full, stop eating. Yeah. Right? Something happened, whether it's in our teenage years, yeah. insecurities, parents maybe not... Um, I mean, for my own parents, I never got hugged and kissed ever, told I loved you. I never had that affection from them. So part of mine could have been how I ended up with these eating disorders. Yeah. Um, So that's really the first place that I like to start with is, okay, yes, we know that you have this goal of of wanting to lose weight, but let's first talk about how we got here in the first place and can we identify that so when that trigger comes up, that there is an, we have listed some alternative methods instead of going to the food, what else can we work on to get to? And then having a sense of um, self-worth, Yeah. right? A, a lot of us, I think, based on however your childhood was, um, many people that I run into in my experience have a lack of self-worth. Yeah. Well, I don't deserve this because I um, binged yesterday anyway, so I don't deserve it. Right. Or, you know, for whatever reason, um, trauma from your past carries into your future unless you can identify and stop, identify, and then figure out how can I change my subconscious. 
all those years of all your life, they're in your subconscious. You and don't even tapes, realize it's it. It's so hard to erase yes. those tapes. And it's painful to confront it. So the pain often prevents us from wanting to actually have that well, conversation. Well, it's a lot easier to just self-soothe with some donuts. It is. You know? It is. But then now you <laughs> then have you like all shit. the other frustrations <laughs> that come with it. So I realize mental health is such a big part of this picture. And in and this is why I like with integrative health, the way yeah. that I yeah. look at the person as a whole is spirit, whether it's spiritual um, mental, emotional, physical, all of that plays a role in your food selection. Yeah. And how can we get you to recognize when that trigger happens for you? Yeah. And then write down your affirmations or whatever, however you're turning the negative thought into something that's positive. Um, how can we get you then to eventually becomes just subconscious? Now it's a part of you. You have a lot of self-worth and you know just because you had a rough day, you're not going to allow that to keep going into the next day and the next day. And yeah. you're able to turn it off and then turn on the self-worth button and say, let's do this. I bet your clients love you. <laughs> I hope so. You're like, I hope they do. Because <laughs> I love them. Because yeah. <laughs> they're great. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the more you talk about this, just like me talking to you yeah, and you maybe encouraging other women, yeah, that in, that just empowers you even more. Yeah. It just keeps that fire burning. And I think that's why I love, I, and I've been a trainer since 2006. Yeah. So I've been in that exercise world for many, many years. And then once it's I started. so much deeper. It is. It, it is deeper and that's where I have to go with, with right. them. Let's yeah. go there. It's almost like you're become a mental uh, or like a counselor, not a counselor, but you're like their life coach. Right. So guys, we got to identify what's causing us from progressing and making the next goal happen right. before we can even get to that goal. Yeah. And, and that was my, that was my issue when I decided like, oh, I want to train for a bodybuilding competition. I want to do this. I want to do that. Sure. It was a lofty goal at first, but like. If you don't, it's kind of like that thing on Instagram that everybody reposts all the time. Like you can work out and you can meditate, but if you don't fix that shit in your head, like you're never going to be healthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was like me trying to compete for a bodybuilding competition or something like that. I really did not understand how much of a trigger that was going to be. I mean, ever since I've, I've, I've been on a diet, I remember taking Slim Fast to middle school. Like, I've been on a diet since I was 12. Can you recall back then any comments or things that you heard to make you uncomfortable about your weight? I don't know. I was always hit on at a really young age because I, like, developed very early. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I don't think a lot of people called me fat. I think it was just internal. Like, I think I was just... Did people around you talk about the women on TV or social media about oh, how beautiful they were? You know, no, but I was never that pretty girl. Like, everybody mm -hmm. was always like, oh, she's so pretty or she's so pretty. But I was never that pretty yeah. one. But of course, I'm not going to be like, yes. Know, hey, you're pretty. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah. So we kind of take on some of that ourselves and don't even realize yeah. that we have taken that on in our subconscious and we don't really recognize that that could be what it's from. Yeah. So now it's reaffirming to yourself and however you do that, saying it out loud, writing it. I like to recommend writing it in a journal because you're getting it out and then you can recite it from the journal Right. of, you know, that you're beautiful just the way you are. Yeah. And you are, by the way, you're, 
You're stunning. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) The very first time I met you, I saw you. I was like, wow, she's beautiful. Thank you. So you were that girl on TV. So are you. (laughs) God, every time I see you, I'm just like, oh my God, her body is so good. Mm, Thank you. (laughs) I'm like, this damn 30% body fat is ridiculous. (laughs) But you know, that's been a a journey of learning, you know, figuring out because I counted calories and macros for years and years and years. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is like, I've tried every effing diet there's out there. I've tried Weight Watchers. I've tried Slim Fast. I've tried Carnivore. I've tried uh, being a vegan. I've tried macros. I've tried everything. And it all stems back to, and I think that maybe you and I should work together because I think that you have a, a competitive advantage over some other, like if I don't specialize or talk to someone who specializes in like in athletics or sports, yeah. bodybuilding, or even yes. just like the mentality behind yes. it, you know, like, I don't think they're going to fully understand. Like I told my therapist after my dad died, I had a therapist for probably all of last year. So from May to December, um, and I told her, I was like, I keep binging on candy. And she's like, well, what if you give yourself like three pieces? I was like, I don't think you understand. Like, I'll eat the whole damn bag. And she's like, all right, so maybe you give yourself five pieces. I'm like, no, I don't think you understand. <laughs> None. You can't. No. You're, you're like an all or nothing I'm person. I'm an abstainer. Yes. But the problem with abstaining is if you abstain for so mm-hmm. long, then you just like face plant. But whatever. I didn't want to turn this into a therapy session, but I do (laughs) want to relate to women who struggle with this because I talk Mm -hmm. to them a lot often. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of women that, that ask me like on social media. And I mean, the reason why I started my podcast and why I started like my training page, my Instagram is because I wanted to help women who struggled because I struggled. Like I was 250 pounds and it was not fun. And I was still working out. Like Mm -hmm. I was working out every day. Even in my fat suit, like I was still going to the gym and it didn't matter because you can work out all day long, but if you don't fix what you're eating, like your body's not going to change. Yes. And I am one out of 11. I have my sister's. 11? Yes. I am one out of 11. Oh my gosh. But my sister, Ruth, that you met, um, she struggles as well with the same thing. And then in the gym, she's a beast. But when she get back and you finally, she understands why, but now it's okay. When those triggers happen, now you have to actually practice these things in order for it to change. And so that's, it's a very common struggle. Yeah. Um, my clients, I think, I think for majority of people, there's very few people out there like us that can take it and just follow it to the T a hundred percent as long as we're told to. Right. 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 It's very, it's a very, very tough thing to do. It's like the, it's like when it's written down in a plan, like this thing, I'll, and I'll mm-hmm. find it while I'm talking, but when it's written down in a plan and I can just see it, I, I can follow it for the rest of my life yes. and I'm fine and everything is great. Yes. But if I derail from the plan or if I don't have a plan, mm-hmm. so this is the, this is the phases, right? So like I have it all yes. in like a spreadsheet yeah. or like a graph, right? Mm-hmm. And if I have the graph and I say, oh, I'm in this phase of my period. So this is what I have to eat. If I have that stuff, like that mm-hmm. type of structure, it's great. Yeah. Or if I have something to plan for, right? Like vacation or yes. something like this. Like I yes. have a goal. I don't do well without goals. I can't. Right. My husband, oh my God, he doesn't need shit. Mm-hmm. He can just be like, yes, uh, I'm having a very lean ground beef and rice for uh, the rest of my life. That's what I'm eating for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's not as much a, uh, emotional attachment to food. No. That's my father too. Yeah, he has none. Yes. Yeah, he feels nothing. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. 
But, I mean, don't get it twisted. We can't bring yeah. peanut butter in the house because he'll eat it all. <laughs> but that's not from emotion. He just like, he's just like, right. well, peanut butter's good, so I'm just going to eat the whole jar. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I really struggle with that. And then I find women who message me and they're like, I just don't feel motivated, which I was really glad that I ate pizza last night before you came on because I wanted to kind of bring that... I feel like shit energy into this conversation because I know so many people start out their day like that. Like Mm -hmm. they eat bad the night before or they just don't know where to start. So they wake up and they're in that cloudy mental space every day. Mm -hmm. So you go through life feeling like where's the motivation? Where's the drive? Whereas I've been in a place before where let's say I completed a fast of like 48 hours, a water fast or an electrolyte fast or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like prime like prime yeah. human mm-hmm. where you've I've never felt that good before some people have never felt that feeling ever yes they feel like me the way I feel this morning mm-hmm. every single day every day but you know what they they feel that but they think it's normal because it right. has become their new normal right they don't they don't they have forgotten what it truly feels like to feel good and energized and yes you don't you feel light you're not as heavy in your right. stomach and if you think about it when anytime you're putting a lot of calories into your stomach, right now your stomach has to work to break down that food. And if there's a lot more in there eating pizza than there is in all your other normal meals, right. your stomach is going and going to be working for a little while to get that food yeah. um, out of the stomach and, and into you're, the If you're doing intestine. that three times a day, yes. your stomach is just in overdrive all the time. And yes, and our mental health is so attached to our stomach. It's to like our, our yes. gut is like our second brain. That's that's actually the description that they use. And I've heard a lot. Key. Yes, there's the gut-brain access. So whatever's in our gut or we put into our bodies, our brain is going to be affected by it, right. obviously. Yeah. So nutrient density, are you getting the B vitamins and the different minerals, magnesium that our brain needs to, you know, produce its own hormones and neurotransmitters? Um, all that matters. Yeah. So if you're... And when you do eat that way... It's those foods are very high in fiber, mm-hmm. right? So it's way more satisfying oh, and satiating. Like all week. And that's <laughs> no, that's the other part about it. You know, we I think it's it's a um, kind of a uncomfortable conversation to have with clients. Right. But I'm going to be asking you how your poop looks yeah, like. Tell me what and, your bowel movements yes. are like, dude. I swear <laughs> this is so gross, and I don't even care because YOLO. Mm. I pooped like the longest poop I've ever pooped last week after I ate wild rice and mm-hmm. and I had wild rice, cod, and kale for dinner. Kale, good. Dude, <laughs> it was like this long. So you got the whole grain, the wild rice, the fiber, and the vitamins from that, and the kale, obviously. Excellent, excellent source of folic acid. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the way it should be. <laughs> but like, and the crazy thing is on the carnivore diet, I never pooped. And they were like, well, maybe, excuse me, maybe they were like, they were like, well, maybe your body is just using all the meat or it's just utilizing it all and you don't really have a lot of waste in that diet. And I was like, well, maybe, but also I like to do that. So like, I don't think it's good if I'm never doing that. I mean, it would be like three or four days. Yeah, that's not good. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, so your body was was absolutely missing that fiber yes. that it was so used to receiving. Right. And, you know, you weren't supplementing with a probiotic that would help you poop, so they... No, right. It, you weren't aware of that part, right. so... 
and you know your so, pooping is so important it is important oh my god it's very important i feel so good when you I do should it. do if you can <laughs> you once or twice a day at least <laughs> but no that and i would say to everybody who's listening if you're going three to four days without having a bowel movement at all yeah that's a problem you should go see your gastroenterologist the, ca- the carnivore diet people would or be really mad change at you. your diet they'd be like you're wrong <laughs> yeah. you're absolutely wrong <laughs> and that's the thing is like you find it's it's like you said it is a very much all about what you can do as a human right mm-hmm. what diet works best for you but also not looking at things like diets yes not looking at it as a restriction looking at is is this going to feed the processes that my body needs to function properly to make ATP, which is our energy that drives all of our processes. What's ATP stand for? Adenosine triphosphate. Okay. So that's the molecule that gets made um, when carbohydrates, proteins, and fats are broken down into glucose. And then the end of that cycle, we're producing energy, which is our ATP molecule. Um, So from like just... um, Anytime we are thinking about food, you know, when we're, if we're thinking about it in the most nutrient dense possible, yeah. I once again that goes back to also your poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're having diarrhea on a regular basis, then not that, good. That's not good either. Yeah. Yeah. You're losing a lot of um, electrolytes that way, and that can be more dehydrating. Yeah. What about so, water? How much water should we drink a day? Well, I mean, obviously it's different for everybody because not... Depending on how active you are? Yes, depending on how active you are or if you're not used to drinking that much at all. So if you come to me and and your true body weight, let's say, is um, 160 pounds, maybe half of that in ounces. Mm -hmm. So... 20, um, if you're 160 pounds, 80 ounces of water a day. Right. But let's say you come to me and you've never, you don't ever drink water. Yeah. Let's right? say I come to you and I drink six Dr. Peppers a day, a co- a Starbucks coffee in the morning. <laughs> what would you do? Um, so I would be asking you how much of this can you give up? Okay. In, in the day. Sure. Right. Because yeah. it's not up to me. It's up to you. Right. Can you give up two of them a day and turn that into water instead? Or even like a sparkling water is like an alternative. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And it, it's not about cutting. It's not about taking it all away from you and cutting cold turkey because very few sure. people can do that. Remember? I remember um, it's about slowly changing the habits that you have had and have formed all these years into Thinking now about everything that you touch and put in your mouth, is this really doing something good for me? Now I can make an educated, informed choice on do I, you know, do I want to put my body, do I want to give myself diabetes or do I want to be at my best health? That's a good question. I don't think I've ever thought about it like that. Like, do I want to give myself diabetes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, well, no, duh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or do but I like, you're on your have... path. You better watch yeah. out. <laughs> do you want to have high blood pressure? Well, then this is the repercussions. Right. Um, do you want to have high cholesterol? And that scares people. Can get scared before it's too late, and then you know do better. Yeah. Um, there is no best. And right. when I say when it comes to diet, yeah. there's so many diets out there that are um, very high in nutrient density, like the Mediterranean diet, the mm-hmm. Dash diet. Yeah. What's um, the Dash diet? The DASH diet was a diet created for people that have hypertension. Mm. So it's a very common diet that's used in clinical research okay. too. So it's emphasis is it emphasizes like plant foods and you know, fish like omega threes. Yeah. Um, whole plant-based diet. You have people that are vegetarian, that are vegan, you know, but with all these diets, 
to me, I've always considered a whole plant-based diet with, um, I wouldn't say a whole plant-based diet, a whole foods diet, sorry, with with high plant foods, Sure. right? So whole foods, your good quality meats, because you're getting your your vitamin B12, your iron, and many of your other B vitamins from the meat. Um, Which especially for women, I think I wanted to express that too. It is vital for us to have those nutrients. And I do agree that it it needs to come from like grass-fed beef sources or really, really good sources, better quality. But like women who who cut out meat altogether, they sometimes struggle with a lot of things. Yeah. Um, One of some of the common signs is if you're lacking in B12 from a lab, when you're looking at a lab is the... um, complete blood count mm-hmm. your um, your red blood cell size it's it's much larger than normal so we call that a macrocytic anemia you're lacking b12 and folate yeah and you know typically I will that's the first thing I go to is talk about diet you'll often find that conventional doctors will prescribe like a b12 shot yeah but I prefer let's see if we can get it fixed with your diet first before we From a have food, to before we supplement pay yes yeah. money to get a shot for something else yeah yeah um, and then uh, is your body breaking that meat down do you have enough digestive enzymes enough hydrochloric acid that when you eat that protein that it's being broken down okay into the amino acids and the and the b12 is is being able to get pulled into the cell by the intrinsic factor that is what helps bring it into the cell so yes all you know the quality of our meat I think is something yeah to pay attention to if you can if you can afford that in your sure in your diet yeah. Well, and I think that it's easier there. It's all about priorities, mm-hmm. right? Like I could buy a half of a grass fed cow for like 500 bucks and feed my whole family for a year. Yeah. You know, yes. if I have an extra freezer, yes. which, you know, the freezer's not cheap and yes. some people live in an apartment, but it's like I would willingly cut out certain things so that I could afford these things because I know how important it is. Yes. You know, I am the exact same way. Yeah. Once you learn and understand, I think that makes, I don't go to, I won't go to a movie. I will make sure I can buy this better quality milk for my daughter. Right. 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 So also movies are expensive. Right. (laughs) And Netflix is real cheap. Let's be real. (laughs) And I have a huge TV at home. So what do we need that for? So, okay. I, and I want to do another like example. So like I said earlier, you know, let's say I come to you. I've never worked out in my life. Or maybe I have tried a couple times and failed. Mm-hmm. I drink a lot of soda. I drink Starbucks in the morning. Um, you know, let's say maybe I don't eat breakfast, but I eat lunch and it's normally like a sandwich and chips. And then when I go home and eat dinner, it's like a pasta, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. if I was that type of client, what would you say to me and why is that life, that lifestyle or that diet or that way of eating bad for me? Um, so the first thing is, so I n- now realize that a lot of the food that you're eating is ultra processed. Mm-hmm. Um, there is not, there is a big, But like we live in America. So. Right. A lot of things are <laughs> ultra processed, right? Yeah. But the more ultra processed our diet is, the more nutrient deficiencies that we have. Right. So my first goal is to educate them on why. Right. What what do these nutrients do to you? Right. They how they feed our brain and allow the different like dopamine and serotonin and how they allow all these different neurotransmitters or hormones to be made. These are the vitamins and minerals that it requires. If this step is lacking in in if let's say you don't have enough 
B5 in your diet, yeah. right? So that's going to slow that wheel down, the energy cycle of producing as much energy as you can optimally because you're missing that B5. Yeah. And, and it's not going to really turn at its best unless you get that B5 in your diet. Um, you can supplement all you want. Yeah. You're not guaranteed that that's even being absorbed either. And like, it's funny because Joe Rogan was talking about this the other day. Somebody was on his podcast and they were talking about how they take their vitamins first thing in the morning just with water and they usually don't eat breakfast. And he's like, listen, if you supplement and you don't eat food, your body is like, hey, where the heck is all this stuff coming from? We're just going to pee it out because it looks like it's extra. So you're spending all this money yes, for yeah. supplement that could potentially just go in the toilet, but also mm-hmm. like uh, like zinc. Zinc is not something that is just easily absorbed like mm-hmm. immediately. And it, and by mm-hmm. itself, it needs like a, what is it called? It's like a binder. Copper. A, yeah, something that's like a, I can't remember what the word is, but something that helps to bind it so your, your body can absorb it. Yes. But like, Get some from food, too. Yes. You know, like right. try to eat some foods that are rich in zinc so that when your body's digesting it and processing it itself, you're getting those nutrients from it. Right. And even so that they also recommend that you take your vitamins with food because right. that food may have some of the other vitamins that your supplements work in conjunction with. with. Yeah. Right. Nothing just works alone in our body. Right. It is so integrated without vitamin K, B, B, vitamin D can, maybe can't be taken up into the cell. Right. So the, all of these, all of these vitamins and, min, and minerals are so important. Yeah. So that's where I really stress nutrient density. And now, okay, you came to me. Your both of your meals are there's very little nutrients. Right. How can we add? Let's say to your pasta. How can we add a bunch of nutrients to that meal? Okay. So you can still eat your pasta, but we're also feeding your gut, feeding your brain, and giving your body what it needs. Yeah, and hopefully uh, from your a digestive system because, yes. dear Lord, how would, yes. that would be terrible. So we're going to talk about options. Okay. What are the vegetables that you like that you can add to this pasta? Um, I like potatoes. We'll go with the, the green vegetables or the non-starchy vegetables. Um, and then... So that's one way to increase nutrient density. Okay. For lunch, um, the other part is you're not eating enough. Um, oh, okay. So because you're not eating enough, you're probably still really lacking in those nutrients. Yeah. If you're just doing a sandwich and chips, if you think of a sandwich is maybe like uh, maybe 300 calories, 400 yeah. calories, depending on how big that sandwich is. Yeah. I mean, you can get a really big sandwich and it can be a lot of calories. Yeah, like 1,000 or 1,100. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. thinking about two slices of bread. Sure. So for that person, that's not near enough. Yeah. And what happens is now your blood sugar starts to drop. And when you start, now your body is going to start foraging for food. Right. And you're going to go to whatever is convenient because you need it right now. Snacks, yeah. Dr. Pepper, whatever. All of, yeah. yeah. Cookies. Right. And, sugar. And, and by that time, your blood sugar has dropped so far that it's like you feel like you need more than what you really need. Yeah. Because you're trying to get that pick me up like right now, but it yeah. might take 20 minutes for your, that to get into your bloodstream and for your body to, you know, come back up. And by, but you've overloaded in calories exactly. now. And in those 20 minutes, <laughs> yes. I mean, I've already had like 4,000 4, calories yes. worth of cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Story of my life. So, yeah. And, and eating foods that are hot, that are high satiating can help to um, reduce the amount of episodes that you have of your blood sugar crashing, right? So if at every meal you have a good source of protein, plenty of, I like to 
say like half of my plate is vegetables or color, yeah. vegetables of all color, or, um, and then a quarter of it is protein and maybe a quarter of it is things like a potato or rice or sweet potato. Um, and as long as you can stick to eating that way at least 80% of the time, yeah. you are winning. The 80-20 rule. Yeah, and yeah. I really like that rule because you're not so restrictive that it's it's account, it's accountability where you're not so restrictive that you can't have it at all, Yeah, but you get excited for the day that you can enjoy it. Yes, and it's right? not every day because then you feel bogged down well, and yes, loaded down. You feel crappy. Yes, and that's why that 80-20 rule is a good accountability tool. Yeah. No, 80% of the time that means maybe only two days out of the week, two meals out of the week I've given myself because I have done so well and I have held on to my discipline and I've been accountable to myself right. and I deserve this and yeah. I earned it. Right. Um, so that's kind of the method I like to use. And ever since 2017, um, I've been eating very intuitively Okay. and it's been the best relationship that I have with food in okay. my, you know, since my early bodybuilding um, days. And I, I live by that rule. I was going to say, what does your typical diet look like? I'm sure it changes a lot, but... Yeah, so like for the, for example, this week, I, I'm the kind of person I can make one big large meal and it'll last me for like three, four days and I can eat on that for sure. like every lunch every day. Yeah. Um, I am a really busy person being in school full-time, working full-time. I have a four-year-old, so I have her full-time, you know, as a mom. You're always looking for ways to have as much food available so it gives you a few days of rest before you have to cook again yes so i will make <sighs> like soups or casseroles or stir fries yeah because you can load stir fries, so good. you can load so many of your fruits and vegetables um so you can yeah you, know, you can put fruits in there if you want but, but you mostly can, vegetables mostly yeah. all different colors of vegetables and a protein source i always put in there um, so I have my meat and I have all those nutrients and then it's the decision of do I want pasta or do I want rice? I, you know, coming from the background that I came from, I, li I love rice. I eat rice all the time. Yeah. White rice is my, my staple for energy and for carbs. So I put a lot of stuff over rice, you know, chili over rice, soup over rice, mm, like so good. beans over rice. Yeah. You can do so much with I, rice. I <laughs> ate kidney beans the other day, just plain. They were so good. Like I straight up ate them out of the can, rinsed them off, ate them. And I was like, I'm so surprised by how delicious this is. <laughs> Which like before, and I think the thing too that I'm noticing is that my palate is changing a lot as I'm getting older. I'm 34. Mm -hmm. So like I know that when I eat something healthy that my body actually feel like when I feel, when I eat something healthy and I feel better like I look forward to eating healthy because I feel better. Like my, it's mm -hmm. almost like, because they say that your eyes are not just your eyes. It's an extension of your brain. Yes. Like when my eyes see the good nourishing food, it's like, oh yes. Like we know we're going to feel better because mm -hmm. we're going to eat this food. Right. And which is like also mental for me too. Like I was looking forward to eating good all week. Like, and because I had this plan, I stayed on track better, like all of it. But mm -hmm. Yeah, I ate kidney beans, just straight kidney beans, and they were so good. And now I was you so can make surprised. chili with them. Yes, or anything, yeah. like, and just eat them by themselves as a carb source because yes. they are pretty carb dense. And iron. Yeah. They're very high in iron uh, and protein. Which they say you should source. eat kidney beans on your, when you're on your period or whatever, when you're Because of the low, yes, iron. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it was that's like, a good point. It was like kidney beans, uh, weird, duck, um, shellfish, and... Pork was like the rec the recommended uh, protein sources while I was like uh, menstruating. 
and I, I know the whole is so interesting, but I'm like, I'm just going with it. We're yeah, just going to so see I'm where it goes. Definitely sure. take a peek into it. I know. I can't wait to send it to you. I'm I'm curious yeah. on your thoughts, especially yeah. for someone who trains all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anybody else wants this, if you're listening, I'll send it to you too, of mm-hmm. course. Um, but uh, it came with like a recommended exercise guide too, like when you should be putting in those hard strenuous workouts yes. versus when you shouldn't yes. be. Yes. Um, the only thing where I was conflicted is like, okay, wait, but I've, I've gained a pound every day on this damn scale. Like I'm going to need to slow down because they say that when you're menstruating and when you're in your follicular phase or your luteal phase and your menstruation, um, period phase that you shouldn't be doing like the hit or the hard, uh, like lifting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You should be doing more yoga, more Pilates, more walking, mm-hmm. more, you know, gentle workouts, stuff like that. But I'm like, okay, but wait, but we're carb loading right now. And I'm also not like working out really hard. So mm-hmm. I'm going to gain weight, but that's neither here nor there just for me. But I just thought I was like, yes, our body probably needs that for like restoration purposes because we're on our period. But like also I'm not trying to get fat again. Like right. <laughs> I'm trying to optimize here. But well, if so, if they are increasing the carbs, are they keeping the calories the same? Are calories there's equated? There's no calories. Oh, that's okay. the thing is like that's kind of up to the person, you know, like okay. if they just kind of give you the chart of like, yeah. hey, these are the foods that you need to eat. So it's up to me. But for the first time where I was trying it, I was I'm trying to get to the point where I don't live, eat and breathe by my macros yes. and where I do more eat more intuitively. intuitively. Like, yeah. what do I feel like? Do I feel hungry? And not necessarily, I don't know if you've ever heard of Stephanie Buttermore where she did her all in thing, like where she was like so malnourished, kind of like what you mentioned about when you were training and yeah. you were leaching that calcium from your bones. She was so malnourished and she, I don't, she's getting her doctorate in something, but it's not nutrition. I don't remember what it is, but it's something like in the in science so it's like either um kinesiology or something like that um i can't remember what she's doing her research on but um she said you know i i just had this extreme hunger forever she was like i was so lean all the time her body fat percent was between 10 and 13 percent for an extended period of time where like when you get that low you're typically training for a bodybuilding show she just lived that low so like she would have cheat days that would be like 5 10 15,000 calorie days and she would still not be satisfied. So she basically did this program where she went all in and she just ate everything in sight for like almost a year. And her body eventually balanced itself out and she got to a point where she was no longer just chronically hungry. Um, and I don't, I, I didn't suffer from that kind of eating disorder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was more of like the, I get to indulge and then remove it and pretend mm-hmm. like it didn't happen. Um, but she had more of like the, maybe not, anorexia but like trainorexia you know like where she ate just enough to sustain her super low body fat percentage so that i thought that was interesting too but um yeah i mean i've always kind of been on the side of been just a little bit bigger (laughs) i've had a little more body fat percentage which i think a lot of women kind of like stay in this area and we get so frustrated because we don't know where don't know where to to go don't know what to do and like for me you know, if even if I were to hire a coach or something, like I've I worked with a trainer before. I had a trainer for a long time, but it was like, what is my goal? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know? Yeah. And I, it's like, well, you need to figure it out. I don't know. <clears throat> Where the fuck do I go to figure it out? I really believe the first goal that everybody should have 
is looking at your habits, right? Because if you don't change any of the things that have made you come get to this place and yes. you've been stuck in this place for a long time, yeah. then even if you add some training in, it's, it's going to change maybe a little, yeah. but maybe not as much as you had wanted it to change. And then you get frustrated again and then you start spinning those wheels again. So I think if you start with looking at what are the habits that I have that I know I can improve on. So if I'm not drinking a lot of water, which your body does need, you know, good water for hydration. If you're not drinking a lot of any water at all, maybe I start with one glass in the morning. That's one habit that I can add to my daily that's not it's not expensive. It's not timely. Right. It's not costing you a lot of time. It's very simple. You can just add that. Um, and and then slowly work up from there. I feel a little better. Let me add one at lunch. Let me add one at dinner. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to baby be baby steps, like yes, legit baby yes. steps. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I had I have a really good friend of mine um, that I train. She just wanted to get into the habit of training. Yeah. You know that's how she started. And I and I said we can worry about nutrition later. Let's just start creating habits and yep. give you structure. Yeah. So if you can start there, just kind of look at your life. And then if you want to journal it, I think that's a great way to, to do it or write it down and look at that every single time you wake up in the morning, you go to the bathroom, there's, it's right there in your face. Okay. And then just repeat it and then do that day after day. Here's, here's what I'm, my goals for the day. Did I now at the end of the day, you sit down and you look and reflect what were my wins today? Right. What can I do better tomorrow? It's not, what did I do bad? It's what were my wins and what can I improve on tomorrow? So you're not, it's not constantly looking at yourself. Oh, I did this bad. I did this bad. Right. No, you didn't do it bad. Right. You did your best at that day, at that time. Could you do better? Sure. So let's work on trying to do better. What can we do better? That's a good point. So I was thinking about that. Um, like when we think about food, right? Cause it's mm-hmm. always like I ate bad food mm-hmm. or I ate so bad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, did you really eat bad or did you just like eat something that didn't make you feel that good. Yeah. You know? and, and maybe didn't give you the most nutrients that you could have had that day. Right. Um, and that's that's truly, if we stop looking at ourselves with without that self-worth, yeah. right, we continue to be in this perpetual cycle. So start looking at what you did, what you did have wins, and then what can I do better tomorrow? What or can I'm I gonna, improve upon? Right. Yeah. Improve. Where's my growth? And that's what it's all about. It's about growth. Yeah. You know, we can sit here and talk about all the bad things we did in our relationship. Well, I should have done this. I should have done that. But really I'm looking at it as I had so much growth in my life in the last like 25 years. Yeah. I wish I could have told my 20 year old self this, you know, for real. So that's growth. (laughs) She wasted so much of her time. (laughs) And that's why nutrition. And so then once we figure that out, nutrition then is the next step. Like this is why nutrient dense foods are going to help you build this muscle and yeah. allow your body to be able to use utilize the fat that it has as energy. So as long as we can, then we get that figured out. And then, of course, okay, are you showing up to your workouts that you set for yourself? If you are seeing a trainer, and you know what? There's a lot of people that do so much better with a trainer yeah. to get their workouts. They yeah. need an accountability coach. Yeah. Even if they know what to do, they need somebody to help them. You know, it's not holding their hand, but right. it's 
it's making them, hey, you set this goal, so it, this is on you. Yeah. Let's, come on, let's go. And for me, I loved having the schedule, right? Yes. Or the calendar or yes. the plan, just like yes. with the diet. Like I love looking at something for like mm-hmm. the week and saying, okay, these are my days. This yes. is what I need to accomplish this week. And that way I can get that done. Yes. You know? But if you're always so tired, the last thing you want to do is sit down and write up a goal too, right? Because oh, yeah, you just sure. want to numb your mind. See you know? I just want to go to sleep. Think, yeah. <laughs> so... So then start feeding your body with the foods that are going to give you the energy so then you can sit down and yeah. your brain can operate and say, you know what, this is what I can do. Yeah. So so from your perspective too, from like a scientific, I don't know where we're at for time. It's almost two. Wow. We've been talking for like an hour and a half. Wow. That's so cool. So um, from your perspective though, so like, you know, we'll end after this little piece, but like why is... The keto diet not optimal. Why do we need carbohydrates? Why do we need fat? Why do we need protein? Like, you know, like you're the expert. Mm-hmm. If I was coming to you, I'd be like, well, how come I can't do keto for the rest of my life? Or how come I can't be a vegan for the rest of my life? Or how come I can't do this? You know, and it's not like mm-hmm. those diets aren't attainable. And I know that everybody, this is me getting on like the not molecular level, but more into the details and to mm-hmm. the nitty gritty. But like, you know, there's so much influence, like you said, to coming from every avenue, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, this diet is best or this mm-hmm. diet is best or this is best or this is best. And I've personally found that a whole foods diet, like you said, is probably optimal for most people. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, mayonnaise is really good. Peanut butter is really good, you know, like these fat sources are really good and and um, not highly satiating, but very appetizing foods. So yes. like you want to eat more highly palatable foods. Yes. So like, you know, and like you said, the 80, 20 rule, we keep it in moderation or whatever, or you really feel like you did earn that. But like, why, why is it necessary for me to eat certain things? You know? Yeah, so our body breaks down carbs, proteins, and fats, and we have what we call metabolic flexibility. That means in times of, let's say, hunger, mm-hmm. we could switch over to, to ketosis yeah. and in times or yeah, in hunger or famine and in times of when there's food, we can um, burn burn glucose for fuel. And ketosis, for those who are listening, for those who don't know what that is, that's where your body switches from burning carbs for fuel to burning fats yes. for fuel. Right. It goes into... And ketones are then released when you're in ketosis yes. and your body... That's what it's happens using... when your body is using fat for fuel. Right. Right. It uses the ketones to make the energy instead of the glucose molecules. And I mean, it... And, this actually, so the ketogenic diet was created for a medical reason. For epilepsy. For, right, right. For children that had epileptic seizures, they found that the ketogenic diet helped to reduce the number of episodes or But did prevent. it say in there that you could eat bricks of cream cheese? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like everything and, you see on Pinterest is like right. cream cheese this, cheese this, and what were this. And what were the fats that were used right. in that research right. in the first place right. to make it the ketogenic? Right. Um, and so, yes... When most people think of ketogenic, they think, well, I can have bacon and butter or, you know, mm. bacon and eggs in the morning. I love to every <laughs> <No>. day. <laughs> but are you truly in ketosis? Right. You know, and you don't know if you're really until, 
excuse me, I'm chewing on ice. Mm-hmm. You don't know until you're like checking your blood or checking mm-hmm. your breath. But like mm-hmm. even when you're checking your breath, like those that lumen mm-hmm. that uh, yeah, I remember you mm-hmm. talking about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then of course my husband sends me Lane's Lane Norton's video about it. He's like, bro, just because your breath says you're giving off like. A, what is so it? much CO2 butyrate or whatever yeah, butyrate. yeah that you're mm-hmm. you, it doesn't mean you're in ketosis mm-hmm. like let's be real that's true Just another <laughs> device yes. for them to sell and for them to push on influencers mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah so when it comes to the ketogenic diet I my thoughts is that it doesn't give you enough of the nutrients that you find in fruits and vegetables. Yeah. So you know, only twenty percent. It is very low on fruits and vegetables. And I would rather see you your intake much higher. Yeah. Because you know, again, we want to feed. We want to feed the gut. Yeah. The the short chain fatty acids. So from those short chain of fatty acids, what's made is butyrate, acetate, and succinate. Those are the things that are made, you know, when we feed our foods, those prebiotic rich foods, vegetables, fruits, fermented foods too. Fermented like a, foods are a really good source. What is that called? Kimchi. Kimchi. A sauerkraut. Yes. Then the, yes. Yeah. Um, pickles. Yeah. Love fermented. Pickles. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I say it's not when somebody comes in and says they want to follow a diet. Okay. I'm here to help you follow that diet and... When it doesn't work for you, I'm here to also educate you and letting you know, well, here's why it might not be working for you and give you suggestions of what we can do then. What else, what different can we implement to try to get the, get the diet to be the diet that it's going to work for you? Sure. I know at the end, I don't really like using the word diet because it Same. is so misused in right. a negative way. The diet, a diet just basically means in general what you grew up eating. Right. That's your diet. It's yeah. your cultural way of eating. But we have, it's been used to market <laughs> for weight loss. Lots and of things. It can, it can have a negative connotation in your, in your brain. Oh, it's all, it's automatic diet. I so, mean, how many women have you heard say I'm on a, on a diet? diet. Yeah. So (laughs) what if I, what if I were to say, you know what, I switched my way of eating to eating more nutrient dense foods and I feel so much better. Right. Right. Then I'm trying to include more whole foods more. Yeah. 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 And and that's where we start. Those are our goals is I just had a, a client start about a week, two weeks ago. And same thing with her. I, I said, okay, we're not gonna, I don't think it's for the stress she has in her life. She's getting her master's. She's a full time counselor in a school. I said, the stress that you have it's it, you could burn out quick. Yes. If you try to do this cold turkey. Yes. So let's start with the habits that got you there. Right. And slowly taking away the things that might not feed your body and, right. and put in f- foods that are. And you know, there's this misconception too that you can't that if you eat too much fruit, you're eating too much sugar. Yeah. And when somebody comes to me and they their diet has all been ultra processed foods and soda, you eat all the fruit you want. Yeah, because you You're are like, listen. Blackberries didn't make you fat. No, okay. Right. <laughs> so if we take away that candy bar and you want to have a bowl, big bowl of fruit, right? You're gonna get full pretty fast. Yes, because it's so full of fiber. It's funny because that's like where I was at last week. So they were like. On the chart or whatever, it says uh, a lot of berries. So it was like blueberries, blackberries, Mm -hmm. raspberries, and grapes and something else. And I was like, I was so in my head about, all I had for breakfast was coffee. And then I had like two packages of, I had a big package of blueberries and a package of blackberries. And I was so in my head about eating all this, all these berries. And I was like, first of all, bitch, 
Berries are like low, low glycemic, so calm down. <laughs> Second of all, like I was so fulfilled mm-hmm. after eating those berries because of all the fiber and I felt so and much then, better mm-hmm. and like my energy was still like pretty steady. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like a huge rush because it's t- attached to all the fiber in the berries. And they're high in antioxidants. So I, it was like brain food. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and so antioxidants bind to free radicals that our body makes yeah. and helps to remove that um, from our body. And those, a lot of those colored berries, all the different colors, purple, blue, blueberries, strawberries, they're to me, they're some of the most um, nutrient-dense foods that are low in calories. Yeah. So if you put those two packages together... You, 200 calories maybe like it's, yeah, yeah if that yeah so it's super low in calories and yet you're winning when it comes to nutrient density yeah so that's always that's kind of my approach and my philosophy is if we as I've seen over and over again when they go cold turkey they last for maybe a month two months and I I'm and if I'm going to be a nutrition educator I have to teach you how to sustain yes and then how to be able to get your whole family on board that implementable practices mm-hmm. that actually that work stick. for you and <laughs> yeah. your family yeah. yeah so it's it's a very personalized approach that I take with everyone everybody's different I know you come to me you've been an athlete and you're really good at following rules yeah I know I could probably be a little bit more strict with you yeah because that's just your nature and sure. that's the kind of structure you need but you know everybody is so different yeah and that comes with experience you know I've been in this training environment since 2006 but prior to that I was always in the bodybuilding community and right. in the gym and yeah. around all these people so I was around um, around those that are having this experience and you just learn that it's not this one way and even you as a trainer and a coach cannot have biases that are going to steer this person to one one ideology or right. one way yep. that does not make you a good trainer. No. You have to have an open mindset, really understand this person's background, where they came from, you know, and, you know, that comes with developing a trust, re- trusting relationship with your client. But, you know, it comes from, listen, there's no judgment with me. We all have our own story and our own history of how we fought battles. You know, I've have fought some pretty severe battles in my life from all my childhood, but once I was able to tackle that mentally, it it leaches over into your life of even eating. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Everything yes. impacts everything. It's just like your diet. Like it's all inclusive. Mm-hmm. Your your mental health is all inclusive. Your diet is all inclusive. Your training is all inclusive. Your yes. sleep. sleep. Your sleep so is so important. important. Yes. Like sleep. I'm so cranky if I get less yes. than seven hours. I Me am, too. I, I'm yes. I, if I can get nine, <laughs> I'm on fire. Yes. <laughs> but you know, and when the, for some reason in this. In our culture, that is that is looked at as such a oh you're such a badass because you only slept four hours three, of sleep. four hours and how can no you way. operate like that? I can't. And and that's actually My the body wrong literally way. Starts shutting down. And you will age a lot faster. <laughs> yeah, no, thank by you. By doing that, I'm trying so, to reduce my elevens. Thank you very much, young people out there listening. <laughs> I promise you, when you sleep. hit your thirties and forties, your sleep matters. <laughs> yes, <laughs> shit, my yeah. sleep mattered in my twenties. I'm not ready for, I just think about having another baby and the lack of sleep that comes with that. I'm so yes. pumped. <laughs> you got me. Give me a call. I'll come babysit. Oh, man. <laughs> so excited. Um, so if anybody wants to work with you and where, where can they find you? So I'm on uh, Instagram and Facebook.
I haven't um, gotten on any other social media platforms only because I'm so busy with Well, everybody's school. on Instagram and Facebook. So, I think you're yeah, there. my Instagram handle is at toughfitfay, okay. T-U-F-F-I-T-F-A-Y-E. Mm-hmm. Or you can find me on Facebook, Miriam Whitfield. Perfect. Um, And then I will actually, uh, in this, in the YouTube video, for those who are watching, um, we'll have your handle, your Instagram handle as like your name across the screen so they can find you there. And then I'll put your information in the show notes too, like maybe your email address or something if they want to come find you that way. Um, but thank you so much for coming. And, And honestly, I would love it if you could come back maybe in a couple months and we talk about, you know, whatever. But yeah, so I'd I would love, love it if you back. could be like a recurring guest because I think that if we talk more about health, Absolutely. nutrition, mm-hmm. um, the holistic approach yes. to everything, yes. like I would love to have you on with like maybe a, a mental health professional. Yes. And so we could talk about, and you know me, I just, I'm a guinea pig. Yeah. I just use my life for yes. everything. We can just dissect <laughs> me for anybody who's not, a, who's not as a transparent as me and put yeah. themselves out there. But I know there's a lot of women that struggle with this and I'm, you know, I'm not the exception from that either. I struggle with it too. And I think that's why I want to advocate so much mm-hmm. for it because it's so me important too. for us as women, not, not only to like come together and to help each other, but to like remove the stigma from talking about this shit. Yes. Like we all struggle with it. Yes. I all, I struggle with mental health. I struggle with my diet. I struggle with, mm-hmm. you know, motivation. I struggle with everything. So it's like, why not share my struggles? And if it helps one person, then I'm winning. I, I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, I just recently, for the first time in my life, disclosed in a group that I'm in, it's merging vets with players. It's yeah. all ex like professional athletes and combat vets. We have this group. Um, so I was raised in a cult. So I had a lot of like severe punishment in a cult. In a cult. Um, so that's a whole nother story, but I spent Holy my shit, first 23 years of my life. Talk about that. <laughs> and um, I've, I was in denial until I was after my 40th, I think until after I turned 40, that I was actually raised in a cult. Because I truly didn't understand. I was told all my life that those people were liars and this is not a cult. Um, But it was a cult where a lot of fear-based punishment happened. So, like, I got, you know, with electric cattle prod shockers. Like, you get shocked if you're not in the right position, getting um, beat with electric wires. And I I was put in, like, these big 55-gallon drums and being made to stay there for 10, 12 14 hours at a time because I was so-called bad. Um, So a lot of these things in my life led me, and this is why I say it's important that the mental part of this journey is included because these traumatic events are the things that caused me to have the eating disorders and a lot of these issues. your coping mechanism is your eating disorder because you haven't addressed the trauma from that shit. Right. And so oh <laughs> now I've just I'm said like, it again publicly. I'm like, uh, you're coming <laughs> yeah. back next week so we can discuss this cult. <laughs> yeah. But wow. it's, it's really, yeah, it's a really important conversation to have for sure. Yes. And even when, if it's painful and it makes you cry, you have to cry through it. Oh, for sure. Know? 100%. So yeah, I would love to come back and talk about it. Wow. Oh, That's crazy. But also so inspiring because look where you are now. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I, You're getting I your doctorate. I feel doctorate. like I'm a force for other women. Absolutely. Like, I can now be a much better, because even on that side, the PTSD from it, right? It's bad. If we're not feeding our brain the right? nutrients, it's going to set that spiral into motion so much worse. And so I, we have to feed our brain to even be able to 
um, be able to deal with it in a healthy way. Yeah. And say it's okay to cry. Yes. Don't hold it back. Right. Which is which also plays through with raising our children. Yes. Which is why it's so important as women that we prioritize discussing these things and fixing ourselves because we are the ultimate example. And like the way we parent or the way our parents parented, mm-hmm. which Jesus, yes. in your case, oh my gosh. But like the way our parents parented, we we carried that generational practice, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that our generation, hopefully and luckily, we're recognizing, okay, we're starting, yes. we have to break this yes. generational bullshit and make sure that we yeah. tell our kids like, hey, you don't have to give Uncle Larry a hug. Like, this is yes. your body and it's your, and if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to, you mm-hmm. know, whereas like our parents were like, give him a hug and a kiss, make sure, yeah. you know, whatever. And like with so many other things, like mm-hmm. my mom would tell me all the time, it's fine, just eat the cookie. Like, it's fine. And I'm like, but what you don't understand is if I eat the cookie, I'm going to eat all 12 cookies. Yeah. Like, like, I can't just eat the cookie. And you know that there's a big part of that on the mental health. Um, I, I'm not a mental health therapist, but you do a lot of studying of neurology and of the brain when you're in the nutrition field. Yeah. Is your brain just could be wired differently, but your parents didn't recognize that. Right. And so you're now labeled as like a bad child or right. a, a, a child who doesn't ever listen. listen or... And yet it was just because your brain was wired differently and they didn't, they weren't educated to know how to, how to No, instead you're you. punished or yes, chastised exactly. or, or cast out or yes, whatever, you know, yes. or made to feel like there's something wrong with you when yeah. in reality, it's why like my daughter was diagnosed with uh, ADD, ADHD, and I think it was just ADHD, but. Um, so I have to understand and do mm-hmm. my best to educate mm-hmm. myself, not just put a label on her and say, right. this is the reason why you do everything. It's yes. just more of a, well, what's going to help you in this moment kind yes. of situation where, right. the, you know, that's like been a whole learning lesson mm-hmm. for myself. But then the more I talk to her, I'm like, shit, I think I have the same thing. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's so true. Like the, the more you want to know how to help her yes. with this condition, yeah the more you become very aware and knowledgeable that they're not really doing this out of spite and hate. It's because there's something going on in In their their brain brain. (laughs) that the chemical messengers are off and it's causing her to react this way, which, you know, that's why I say how you eat matters, right? If you're not getting enough... so important. Yes, you're not getting enough... which and like my husband mm-hmm. looks at everything in a macro perspective. He's mm-hmm. like, "Well, goldfish aren't that bad macro wise." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Well, look at those ingredients. Yes. Like this <laughs> matters. Yeah, we can't just look at the nutrition yeah. facts. We have to look at the ingredients. You know? Yeah. Like, and I think uh, for parents out there too, you ask, "Oh, hey, what about the children? Right? Because right? how do we teach the children when their palate has already been uh, established? Hyper, like, right? You didn't really start understanding this until their your children are say seven or eight years old." And they've already established their palate and Chicken trying to get and French them. fries. Exactly. I'm not That's, trying to derail from that. Right. So how do you get your children to, you know, slowly move over to liking foods that are more nutrient dense? And again, that just comes with educating your children. Hey, this is why. But right. then how can, what are the things? Let them choose those foods. And to also make. involve them in the process. In the, involve like, them. Hey, exactly. I'm, star- I'm trying mm-hmm. to do better for my body because mm-hmm. mom wants to be here for mm-hmm. when your kids are, are born and when they're growing up and mm-hmm. I want to be healthy and I want to be involved. So like 
Tonight we're going to make dinner. We're going to try a couple new things. You can try them. If you like mm-hmm. them, great. If you don't like them, it's okay. Maybe we can prepare them a different way next time. Yeah. And I know for me, the involving Chloe in the process of like cooking dinner, cooking food, having fun, mm-hmm. making it an event, her setting the table, that just makes her feel like she's uh, a part of it. Yeah. She's bought in. Yeah. So she's more likely to want to try those foods right. versus me being like, hey, I cooked your beets. You have to eat these. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you could even give them options of vegetables. Hey, I have these vegetables. What, which one do you want to eat or right. try tonight? Yes. So you're kind of putting it on them and letting them take ownership yes. in that process. And Whereas like our parents were like, well, this is shut up and eat it. it. That's what, that was my parents. Eat it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was <laughs> too damn bad. You yeah. get no choices. Yeah. But it's like if we empower them to make those decisions for themselves, then they just mm-hmm. feel so much more uh empowered to make those decisions going forward in life and with their friends like yeah yes it's so yeah it's so involved it's so it's it's teaching you communication too in relationships you know so there's just so much we could go but for hours (laughs) i feel like we could go for hours that's why you have to come back nutrition topic (laughs) (laughs) no we're going on every rabbit hole next time yeah well thank you so much for having me thank you so much for coming you were so wonderful you had no reason to be nervous i promise (laughs) you were great and next time you'll be even greater that's right yeah that's right like i said i have to face my fears even if i have a fear i have to face it and that's so i really enjoyed the shit that scares me yes yeah i know so story of my life (laughs) eating carbs ah so scary Well, thank you so much uh, for listening to Big Girl Pants. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to send us an email at biggirlpantspod at gmail.com. Please follow us on YouTube, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, and as always, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.